It was an enormous weekend in wrestling. Things kicked off with CM Punk on AEW and returns kept coming on SummerSlam and TakeOver. I'm Ryan Joy and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the comings and goings in wrestling, specifically in WWE. I'm talking about John Cena, Becky Lynch, Goldberg, Kaylee Ray, Adam Cole, and Brock Lesnar. Those are basically the headlights from the weekend. John DeCarty is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 23rd, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John, welcome to the show. It seems like if you're not coming, you're going in wrestling right now. <laughs> good morning, sir. How are you today? Very good. Very good. Thank you. All right. We have a good show. We have a lot of fun things to talk about with all these people that have returned and some that are going and whatnot. So let's dive in. And, and before we do, I want to mention, look, CM Punk was a huge headline on Friday and his return to wrestling was absolutely enormous. I'm going to put a pause on the CM Punk discussion until tomorrow. We should have the final ratings numbers for that episode of Rampage. So tomorrow we're going to go into detail on that. But John, do you want to say anything about Friday night and what you saw? Just that it was, uh, as we were just discussing uh, backstage, it was a moment. Like you don't get, especially nowadays, you don't get a lot of moments anymore. And that was a moment, not necessarily even of the year. That was a moment of the last five years. The goosebumps, maybe I'm a mark because like Mr. Punk, I am also Chicago. I have ties to the city of Chicago and I, I wasn't a super fan of the man himself. Enjoyed everything he did, but I wasn't like just biting my nails waiting for his return. But that moment was electric. Good for them. They did it. Everything came off pretty well and can't wait to see what they do going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll put a pin in that discussion. We will, you know, be our main topic tomorrow, unless the world just, unless they do something incredible on Raw tonight. That is our main topic for tomorrow's show. But today we got all sorts of other people to talk about. Becky Lynch, John Cena, Adam Cole, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Kaylee Ray, and I even have something on Bray Wyatt. So let's start with Becky Lynch, John. There was an explosion in Allegiant Stadium. When, uh, when Carmella was introduced as Bianca's opponent, what a letdown that was. We think of all the discussion about whether Sasha Banks was going to make it or not. And they announced Carmella and I didn't hear any CM Punk chance, but that was the moment where you got it. <laughs> it's the yeah. They did a good job of muting or squashing when you're there. There was an uneasy grumble in the stands. Like, no, they're not really going to give us this crap again. Are they? And, and yeah, then the, hit the music and okay, now it all makes sense. We're okay with what's coming. So PW Insider put out a kind of a sequence of events of what happened here. So Saka, Sasha Banks was not cleared. She never returned to the road after missing her, her trips to the Carolinas. PW Insider was told it was not an injury, but she is not cleared. Uh, and it was, and it has well, known well in advance that Becky Lynch was going to be at SummerSlam. But those issues with Sasha Banks really pushed the timeline for Becky's return up several weeks. So Becky comes out. Now the quick Lynch victory, she beat Sabianca Belair in about 25 seconds, was designed to just pop the crowd, the major return, and 
to, you know, to replace the match that we didn't get with Sasha Banks. Um, that and the title change, 100% a Vince McMahon call. The idea was that with the whole situation, uh, was not about taking Bianca Belair down a notch, but it was just how they decided to make the return of Becky Lynch as big as possible. So John, that's kind of what it was. I mean, there was not a whole big match, long match to talk about, but Becky Lynch comes out, pops the crowd, a uh, big return, and she's the new SmackDown Women's Champion in about 20 seconds. Yeah, and that, that part of it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I've not made any secret of the fact that I have not been on board with this Bianca title run. Rocket strapped her back and everything all the way through from Rumble to Mania, all the way through. She's not seemed comfortable in her character because she's so clearly a natural heel. So I believe me, I'm not booing for Bianca losing the title, but it made no sound. They popped the crowd with Becky's music. She could have come in the ring, used the manhandle slam, whatever, you know, the Yurinagi that she gave her. She, that would have popped the crowd again. They, they didn't even have to necessarily make a match. Okay, they made the match. Okay, they did the title change. But to have her bury this champion that you have, you know, put, again, put the rocket on her back for the last eight, nine months, in 25 seconds, but it makes no sense. The The reaction was already there regardless of what happened in the ring. So I almost half feel bad for Bianca. And they really could use this to make Bianca pissed off and finally properly turn her to be a heel to come back at Becky. But I understand that's not necessarily the plan. No. So after Bianca got copied, because that's what, that's how, that's the, that's how I describe the situation. PW Insider learned that WWE sources are telling them that Becky Lynch is slated to be the top heel on SmackDown. So look, I, I get that WWE is great with heels. You have dominant heel champions all over the place, Lashley and, and Roman and outside you have Kenny Omega. So dominant heel champions everywhere. But Becky Lynch, she's going to move the merchandise. She's going to be incredible. The fans want to cheer her. They're not going to boo her. We tried this before. We tried this during the rise of the man. And the fans completely rejected it. They shit on it, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, it's not going to work. Your people aren't going to be booing Becky Lynch. No. Maybe if she comes out with Seth Rollins, but I don't think that'll even work. So... Yeah, exactly. They they would have to basically name themselves king and queen of SmackDown and, you know, come out in matching ridiculous outfits and kick babies on the way to the ring to get, at least to get Becky booed. But I think that there's this, so there's the idea that about Bianca, um, she, regardless of what anybody thinks of the work that she's done or her abilities or whatever, she meant a lot to a certain grouping of people and whether that's young girls or it's the demographic that Bianca represents with the African-Americans. She was a very meaningful figure in that company and the whole SB awards and everything like that. Um, really important person. And to, it, 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 it does feel weird that they just do a 25 second finish here. They could have done three minutes and that wouldn't have been near as bad if you just had a couple of exchanges or something. And God, if they knew for, if they knew for 48 hours, I'm sure they could have worked out 
a three to five minute match, even if it was a bunch of stalling and stuff like that. They could have worked something out that it wasn't a one move and done. I, it's unfortunate for Bianca because yes, it shocked the crowd. You got the big Becky Lynch moment, but it, I, it really was at the expense of Bianca Belair having a moment at SummerSlam. Absolutely. And after she went from Re- WrestleMania main event to squash match. SummerSlam squash. Exactly. That just does not make a lot of sense, but I seem to be using that phrase an awful lot when it comes to WWE programming in the last year. Well, let's switch and talk about John Cena. So big return, Becky Lynch, big departure, John Cena. PW Insider reporting that the summer of Cena has come to an end. WWE is moving forward with the idea that they won't have John Cena in the future. John is scheduled for the September 10th SmackDown from Madison Square Garden. That's a super SmackDown. But I want to note that he is advertised to the market. It's not like they have advertised on television that he'll be there. So he's advertised to the local live audience. He has not been advertised for televised audience. So we may see him or we may not see him, but you'll definitely see him if you're in Madison Square Garden that night. But John Cena on his way out the door. Yeah. Expect, completely expected. We knew he's got a, a movie start filled very close to the, yeah, it was a bit, for a while it was questionable whether or not he could even make SummerSlam with uh, insurance issues and whatnot, worrying about him getting injured. But yeah, so but no surprise there. It was, it was nice to have him back for a couple minutes. He popped the crowd. Obviously, every time he came out, put on a fantastic made of When you think of Roman, you don't necessarily think of a technician. When you think of Cena, you think of the five moves of doom. But damn, the two of them put on a hell of a, you know, what, 25-minute match uh, in that main event spot. Uh, that was just fantastic. That's how the big guys do it. They were great. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a, a good match. It was fun. John Cena, I appreciate the fact that he didn't come back for one night. It was several nights to lead to the match. He did the house shows, even if he only wrestled for 40 seconds on those house shows when he got the hot tag or whatever to get all his stuff in. But as a wrestling fan, I actually, I do appreciate the fact that he came back. He didn't come back full time, but he came back pretty darn close to full time for this period of time that he was around. Props to Cena for that. And we'll welcome him back when he wants to lose his next day high for a part profile match. Exactly. He's nothing but a professional. And anytime he comes back, it's going to move the needle. So can't wait for next time. So let's pivot from John Cena because Roman put John Cena down. And that wasn't the end of the SummerSlam though, because Brock Lesnar, he's making his return at SummerSlam. Now, no match announcements, nothing like that. No words exchanged, just a couple of dirty looks at each other, but Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns face to face. Paul Heyman has seen a ghost and, and here we go. So it's at the end of the pandemic era, there's live audiences. You can justify. Brock Lesnar's salary at this point. He's back. Now, I didn't think he was going to be back for another year, though. I thought they would run through a whole program with The Rock, and then we'd get Brock. So, John, Lesnar is back. Yeah, that that's what we were reading, that they absolutely wanted to do this storyline, but they were so confident in it, and it was so much in their back pocket that they were already talking WrestleMania 2023. I like you hate to say that Vince would be so reactionary to what happened on Friday night that you know, he broke the glass on the emergency Brock Lesnar, but 
it, it certainly looks that way because Brian Brock didn't even have you would think Brock would come back as when you come back, you got to come back with new merch. John Cena had his John Deere outfit all set for his return. Brock came back in a, you know, a black, uh, a shirt, right? Looking like a vanilla gorilla. Somehow it looks like he got even bigger. He had the ridiculous top knot and whatnot, but it's great to see him back. But my thoughts immediately jumped to. We, okay, we know what's going to happen. We know how this is going to play out, at least for starters. Who's going to talk for Brock? Brock can't talk for himself. And of course, he's going to try a couple times and it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be miserable. And then who are they going to put him with or how are they going to massage this situation? Because Brock and Paul are like peanut butter and jelly. It's going to be interesting along the way. What's, so there's a couple of things he said there that I want to touch on. Is there a chance that he just was there for the Pacquiao fight and Vince found out what Brock Lesnar's here? Let's bring him in. You know, because Brock didn't have a chance to shave. He looks like a mess. He looked like he'd been sitting home since he lost the, uh, the championship to Drew McIntyre. Working out, but you know, not necessarily worrying about the whole aesthetic. So you, so you got that part, the, the look of Brock Lesnar, you know, who knows how long this has been planned. The merchandise thing. A lot of the leaks that we find out about superstar returns come from that merchandise area where they start putting together a line of merchandise and things get out. So maybe that's an explanation for if they have been planning for a while. But now the other thing I think about is they've brought Brock out at the end of SummerSlam. Uh, he gave John Cena a couple of German suplexes and an F5 just for good measure. Of course. Do they put the whole story on ice? You have two options. They announced Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So they could bring, they, they could make big match there, Roman versus Brock. The Saudi crowd's seen that three times actually already. But so you could go that way. They could put the, or they could put the whole thing in on pause and wait for WrestleMania or even longer. Maybe they just keep doing this thing where Brock comes out at the end of a big show and gives Roman a stare down and maybe this happens for a year. I, it seems to be that they're leading to a match, but it doesn't have to be next month or two months from now. It could be ages from now. Roman's not getting rid of that title anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Obviously Brock and Roman didn't lay hand on each other. So it's not like there needs to be immediate retribution. So yeah, you could have, uh, you know, Brock be the little pain, you know, what do they call it? The monkey in the wrench or the pain in the ass. The, he could just keep showing up and. You know, pissing off Roman by stealing his spotlight a couple times until Roman finally says, "Like, all right, we need to get this guy out of here." Right? Oh, it might actually be better because then you're building for it for some for a long time, and people are going to be really anxious to see it. I don't know. If we have to. I guess we have to wait and see what happens. I I think we'll understand on Friday, depending on how Roman his first promo on SmackDown will be. We'll understand where we're going. The degree to which Brock is or is not mentioned and in, in what length, yeah, that things will become much clearer on Friday, or at least we hope. Right. On to the NXT side of the house. So we have Adam Cole, who everybody understood was wrestling. He had extended his contract, right? His contract ended in July. They signed an extension to take him through SummerSlam weekend. Everybody was watching. We know we've had conversations with Vince McMahon and main roster ideas have been pitched and everything like that. As of yesterday morning, Fightful had reported that Adam Cole had not signed a new deal with WWE. 
PW Insider reported after TakeOver went off the air. That was, in fact, Adam Cole's final NXT appearance. So it comes... It, and there have even been people saying that Adam Cole has not even spoken to AEW. So there's a lot of questions about what's Adam Cole going to do now. His, the end of his contract is imminent. Hasn't signed a new one. Does he go to the main roster or does he not? I just don't see what he does on the main. Obviously, he's a great in-ring technique. His matches are fun. So you put him in there with the right person. You put him in there with a ricochet. You put him in there with someone who also can move and doesn't tower over him too much. And you're going to get great matches. But he's clearly not in the WWE mold for the push him towards a main, to, uh, to push him towards a world title, a universal or WWE title. So how much of a long-term plan can you have for a guy that he's not even, he's not even HBK size where you say, you know, okay, you know, and, and quite frankly, does HBK ever become a world champion as amazing as he was in the ring? Does he ever become a world champion if not for the steroid scandal? Yeah. And right now it looks like they're not worried about, they just, you just give me the big guys, give me more big guys. Where the hell does Adam Cole fit into that scenario? Look, they could have a great story for Adam Cole on the main roster, but he's never going to, if they try to make him a top guy, it's not going to, it's not going to work out. Like you said, ask Ricochet. Adam Cole's a special talent. He's, he's head and shoulders, not literally, head and shoulders figuratively above most of the people that have been NXT call-ups in the last several years, in the sense that he's that much bigger of a star. But it's gonna, I think it's going to be hard to get past his size for at least the creative, main roster creative team. Now, it, it, as we discussed in the pre-production, if you sent him up there with a group, if you put it together, get the band back together, which obviously you cannot, it's at least a little more believable that the whole undisputed era went after the bloodline. Sure. Maybe I could buy that for a short-term scenario, but that's not happening. So yeah, I just don't know what they do. He, he could have some fantastic either intercontinental or U.S. title uh, matches somewhere down the line. But I, you know, I, I, let's say he signed for another two years. If he renegotiates contract, they give him a main roster call up. He's got a two-year run on paper. I don't think he makes it through that two years, the way they're cutting people right now. Yeah, it'll be, I think it's all a mindset situation, right? Like if Adam Cole goes up and there might be a situation where they, they don't even pitch him as a top guy and they say, look, we'll give you, we think that you're valuable. You'll be really valuable to our, to raise the profile of our middle of the card. Um, you know, we, we have a good creative storyline. We think you'll do well. We're not going to pitch you as a guy, a challenger for Lashley or a challenger for Raw. Yeah. You know, maybe they just keep him away from that situation. But still, when it comes down to it, Adam Cole will do what Adam Cole wants to do. Sure. And if WWE offers him a huge sum of money to resign, I said before, might as well take it. It's not like his offers are going to disappear when, if, you know, he gets released six months from now or something. Yeah, if you can sign that big contract, even if you sign the contract and you say to yourself, I know I'm not making it to the end of this. I know I'm going to be miserable for you. I'm going to, I'm going to get an initial push. I'm going to get a big first month. And then I'm going to be spending a lot of time sitting and catering. But yeah, I'm going to be collecting a really nice check. 
and coming up with lots of great ideas for where I'm going next. The one thing that is interesting, PW Insider did put out that confirmation that it was NXT, his last appearance on NXT. Let's just say that he has two more days on his contract. Maybe they got, say they got that report wrong. They could keep him on television for three more weeks because they're taping three weeks of television in the next two days. So I don't know what their plans are, but we'll see what happens. I'm, this is a story we're going to be following very closely. I don't think Adam Cole's retiring to write cookbooks or anything like that, but you know what? Stranger things have happened. Okay. A couple of other people that I want to touch on, they're more minor stories compared to the ones we've already talked about, but Goldberg, he lost to Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam in what was a bad match. I would say MVP hit with a cane. Goldberg sold that about four minutes after that happened. And then, but that was the whole part of the, the whole match was basically Goldberg getting hit in the knee with a cane and then not being able to compete. But there is a clearly an angle here. They're setting up Lashley versus Goldberg again with Gage Goldberg being involved and all this stuff. And they got the Saudi show that they announced in October is already mentioned for Brock. Goldberg is basically the ta a talent that's on contract for the Saudi show. So to me, it feels like they set up the angle. We're going to see Goldberg Lashley again. Gage will be more involved this time and it'll probably be at Saudi. That's my thoughts, but there's pure speculation. Yeah, it makes sense. Just as, as long as they don't put Gage in the ring, <laughs> let him be ringside, let him take MVP's cane away and hit Bobby Lashley with it. Just dear God, do not put that kid inside the squared circle. There's gotta be child labor laws, John. <laughs> it's Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's endangering the welfare of a child. So. <laughs> All right. On to, uh, Kaylee Ray. Um, the forever champion of NXT UK, the most recent NXT UK women's champion, she walked out after Raquel Gonzalez defeated Dakota Kai on TakeOver last night. So it looks like Kaylee Ray may be one of the next couple of people in, in contention for Raquel Gonzalez's championship. Gonzalez had previously said she'd been through everybody. And to some extent, that's true. I'm still looking at Frankie Monet and Gigi Dolan and all those people, but to some extent, that's true. But Kaylee Ray could be the next generation of a women's champion here, John. Yeah. The thing that kept me from being 100% on Raquel going over Dakota was just the fact that maybe they call Raquel up. She is torn through everyone. She's looked great doing it. So, yeah. Kaylee Ray coming out and obviously there was really no, there was no interaction. They basically just stared at each other from 30 feet away, but that, that'll be a very interesting run. You know, it'd be interesting to see, like you said, Frankie Monet is the, was the first name in the back of my mind of, you know, Hey, who else is in this main picture here? The Frankie hasn't really even made a step towards that yet. It's gotta be coming soon. Is she going to be the one to take the title off of Raquel? Are we going to get a couple of number one contender matches with her and Kaylee Ray? Who knows? But uh, yes, there's still lots of interesting things to do with that NXT women's division. If Raquel Gonzalez has had, I think if she had a deeper character, if there was more depth in, to that character, I think she'd be on the main roster right now because she's, she fits all the profiles. She's, she's fine in the ring. Um, and she's just the kind of person that they'd want to put up against Charlotte Flair if she had a little bit more character. So we'll see. I, I'm excited for a, a Kaylee Ray run in the United States. I think that'll be great. Absolutely. For last person we have on the list for the comings and goings this week is Bray Wyatt. This is a report from Dave Meltzer. It, 
He spoke it on Wrestler Wrestling Observer Live. He said Bray Wyatt, in regards to Bray Wyatt potentially going to AEW, he said it's most likely happening. It's at the same stage as Aleister Black long before it happened. I don't think there's pen to paper or anything like that, but the expectation is pretty strong that he's going to AEW. Again, it's a thing like Adam Cole. We're just going to watch and see what happens. But Bray Wyatt's a creative man. He's not going to be out of work for very long. Oh, no. If things break down to the point where him and WWE are not even talking, there's no, if there's no interest in bringing him back at whatever price point, it's, there's no, no two ways about it. He shows up wherever he wants, but obviously AEW would make the most sense. And I'm sure he puts together a faction right off the bat. You've got Eric Redbeard is out there and he's already been, he was shown plenty of love when he showed up for the Brody tribute show. Bray's brother, all he's got to do is grow out some facial hair and he'll fit right into the, whatever scrubby gimmick they come up with. And you still got Braun out there that nobody's talking about right now. Yeah, boom, you got the, the whole Wyatt or Wyndham or whatever name you want to put on them, whatever family you want to put together, it's made to order right there. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you all the way. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. It's exciting because there's surprises coming in one of the companies that we're following at least. All right. We have a few headlines to get into, but first I got a short commercial break, about a minute and a half and when we get back. We're going to talk about all the new champions that were crowned over SummerSlam TakeOver, plus a Nick Khan interview where he explained all kinds of stuff related to NXT and whatnot. And I'll be right back in a minute. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me or you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, let's get into the headlines. But before we do, I did have a comment come in from Travis, who will be on the show tomorrow, who I'm assuming he was referring to with Bray Wyatt. But it could have been Adam Cole. Full gear. Yeah, that, that's what November St. Louis. November, yeah. And the thing about this is that I know a lot of people talk about Tony Khan not running a business, running sort of mark service type of thing. But let me tell you right now, Tony Khan is a businessman. And they would be making money this year, if not for the video game investment. He's smart. He's got these pay-per-views lined up. 
He's going to sell, he's going to pay for CM Punk's contract this month. And I expect that to happen with everything going forward, including if they do sign Bray Wyatt or Daniel Bryan, it's going to be in a situation where they can immediately pivot to a, a profitable making money off of it, oh. you know, like sell, they can sell something to go with. So. Uh, you could pay for CM Punk, you know, I know that they, they gave him away for free in Chicago the other night, but you could pay for CM Punk in the next couple of weeks in ice cream bars if you wanted to. That's right. Jeff Jones, Mark Services, knowing the business. Yeah, that's part of it. Yes, you're right. The ice cream bars, that's actually a story I don't have in the lineup here, but of course, we'll talk to CM Punk all day tomorrow. But CM Punk paid for every one of those ice cream bars. That's the, the story. That was not an AEW purchase. He paid for everything. All right. Let's jump into the new champions that were crowned. I'll list them out. And John, you tell me what you think your favorite one was or whatever. We have RK Bro, Damian Priest, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ilya Dragunov, Cameron Grimes, and Samoa Joe. Uh, Bunch of new champions between the two shows. Any of them stick out most to you? Uh, I don't know if it sticks out the most, but the one that made me smile the most was RK Bro. I we all know there's a ticking time clock on that uh, relationship. The expiration date is probably less than the last gallon of milk that I got, but it's pretty <laughs> entertaining along the way, and I'm looking forward. Yeah, the, the belts may go right back to AJ and Omos in a couple of weeks, but it's going to be fantastical as that comes apart. Hundred percent. John Johnson chiming in. Ilya Dragunov sticks out the most for him. When we watched that match last night, it was incredible. Do you think it met expectations, John? Because there was so high for that Ilya Dragunov and Walter match. Yeah, I, I think you can't have watched that. Okay, maybe if you had just watched the first one the night before. Me, I, I don't know. I actually, I haven't seen the first one all the way through. It's definitely on the list this week to make sure I get, get put my eyes on. But you can't have watched that match by itself and not be impressed. His chest and shoulders look like hamburger. I just, holy crap, those two really went at it. I thought it was an odd choice of a finish to have your 150-day champion tap rather quickly to a simple sleeper. Like Now, if Ilian had tapped to one of Walter's sleeper because he was yanking him off the damn ground as he was putting him in it, that I understood. But to have Walter tap that quick to a simple sleeper, I thought it was a little bit odd. But because the whole match itself was fantastic, I was just, ah, yeah, who cares? Uh, just the whole thing was fantastic. Jeff Johnson says it's his match of the year so far this year. That match lat was his match of the year last year, the first one. He agrees about the finish and definitely should have just had Walter pass out. So that would have made a, uh, Jeff and I went back and forth on Facebook about that. That is absolutely the way that I probably, I, that's how I would have booked it, but nobody's asking me to book anything. So I agree with you, Jeff. I guess it was, the idea was let's get Dragunov over as strong as possible. And when you, the thing about having Walter as champion for, you know, close to 900 days or whatever, the thing that's so valuable about that is whoever beats him is made man already you drag him up not to say he wasn't made but beating him and beating him in that fashion it does go a long way in escalating him as a champion my question though now is what do you do with walter and is walter's contract about up because it's been about the right time of year I and mean, i haven't heard anything about his contract so i don't know but what does walter do now yeah the, the one comment that really caught my eye was that walter has absolutely no into not I have no intentions. I don't know if they say, hey, you're doing this, you're doing this. He has no interest in coming stateside. Right. 
because he obviously would be perfect. That's okay. He's, I'm sure Vince McMahon would want him to tighten everything up. He'd be perfect for the main roster, but apparently he has no care to come here to the USA on a permanent basis. So yeah, what do you do with him in that company if he's not your monster champion? The thing is, a lot of these people doing like the part-time thing is to come in. You have Goldberg come in for a match. You'd have a short program in a match. You have Lesnar do the same thing. You have Cena kind of do the same thing. It, it, Walter is maybe the first guy that's come in through the system that would be interesting for me to see him come in and do a short program with a Lashley or a Roman and then go back to NXT UK and just continue. Cause he's like you and Jeff have both said, he's not going to be full-time in the U S but he can come over for a program and it, there is some value to him with what he has built as that 900 day is champion and he's got a presence. He would be perfect as a guy to come in and they could immediately build him up, put him in one match and go, and then pull him back afterwards. Because who needs challengers? Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, both of them. There's nobody on the roster. I thought Seth Rollins would be ready for a Roman, but he didn't beat Edge. Yeah, that was another one that I was on Rollins the whole way. The whole thing, I just figured this was Ed. You know, because eventually, you figure Edge came back. It was an amazing story. Loved it. But at some point in time, Edge, you figure, was going to go home and raise his children. So I, this was the perfect opportunity, I thought, to put Rollins over and make that next guy to go after Roman. And then the last week or so, Edge went to the dark side, and all of a sudden it was, an, oh, wait, Edge is going to win this match, isn't he? And yeah, he did. So does he get one more shot at Roman before he packs it in? I don't know. But once again, things will become much clearer after Friday. Yeah, exactly. Samoa Joe wins the NXT Championship. I guess that sends Karrion Cross officially off to Raw. We probably aren't going to be seeing him much anymore. Cameron Grimes wins the Million Dollar Championship. I'm sure Ted DiBiase is happy about that. Didn't want to be a butler. Charlie, the celebration will go through the night and into Tuesday. Yes. Jeff says Walter would look strong even in a short program because if he doesn't look strong on the main roster, it makes the UK title weaker by showing that being the champions, nothing for a long period. You can't win against those who matter. Um, yeah, I still think he, I think he'd look great on the main roster for even the short program. He may not win a match against Roman or, or Bobby, but I think his presence is, su is such that you could build up a, a match with them and he could be a threat and look menacing and he could actually you could sell me on walter having roman in the safe position and dragon up had walter in at the end of the match and almost to the point where roman is tapping and then you somehow figure your way out of it but i think walter could be that strong if they bring him up so and if, if you put him up against lashley once again you could have him be the absolute threat and have you know mvp get involved and walter doesn't look weak if he takes a shot to the skull with a cane and that's what leads to whatever a dominator all right we'll move move on to a little bit uh here nick khan converted confirmed that the complete reboot of nxt is coming he says we're doing complete revamp on nxt led by triple h paul levesque who was really one of the architects of the original nxt he said this while talking to Ariel Helwani over the weekend. He said, everything's going to change. Look forward to the next couple of weeks. It's going to have a whole new look. It's going to have a whole new feel. And we believe because a lot of the indie wrestlers, if you will, have come through our system, in our system with SmackDown and Raw now. We don't want to just keep doing the same thing. We want to look elsewhere for great young talent. So 
I know I've been following on my Twitter, a lot of the indie wrestlers out there saying, okay, they're not going to be looking at us anymore. They're going to be looking at football players and other things like that. It's interesting. This is the first high profile interview that Khan has given on this subject. And I guess he's confirmed that NXT is going to be different. Yeah. Interesting to see exactly what direction they go in because the last two, three years that they've been doing, well, okay, this is the same program that created Roman and Seth and Ambrose and they brought Finn to this country and uh, Nakamura and this, that, and the other thing. But also in these last couple of years, I mean, what an amazing product they put in front of our eyeballs. And now they're saying like, nah, we don't want to do that anymore. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Her. And then Nick Khan also talked about all of the releases this year. 57 is the number I have on that here. But he said, ultimately, what's looked at in, the, in each person, is that person going to move the needle now or in the imminent future? And that's how they made the decision about who's going to cut. That was in response to them as hit to Hawani asking Khan about whether these cuts were positioning the company to be sold. And Nick would go on to say that there's no active discussions about selling the company now. We're not trying to sell. That's not our intent. There are no internal meetings about selling the company. The internal meetings are about growing the company. So... Take that for what you will. If they were in an active discussion about selling the company, I don't think Nick Khan would have let that out during that interview. So not likely. <laughs> Another a couple of big announcements during the SummerSlam broad. Money in the Bank will be at Allegiant Stadium next July, John. One of the monthly pay-per-views getting high billing in a stadium next year. Yeah. So now that the big four is inching towards a big five and who knows, maybe we get a big six before it's all said and done. But that, that's fantastic because I keep using that word today, but putting an event like that in a big stadium uh, is, is nothing but good things can come from that. Uh, let's just pray that by the time that comes around, we don't even think about whether or not a big stadium is possible. Yeah, hundred percent. Here's the thing though, with the money in the banks, they can't owe us us again. Right. If Big E's cash in isn't great, yeah. I don't think they're selling 40,000 tickets to Money in the Bank pay-per-view next year. They need to keep that prestige of that Money in the Bank and make it really mean something. Because if they do what they did with Otis last year, people are going to CM Punk channel that Money in the Bank pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, that was a real kick in the jimmy. Well, with the, the, the whole thing that they did with Otis and... The way they just suddenly, you know, split him away from, you had this cute little storyline with him and the beautiful girl and him and his partner. And I have said this a hundred times, it would have been something new. It would have been, it would have maybe lessened the money in the bank a little bit, but it would have been an interesting storyline to have him and Tucker go after the tag titles with the briefcase. Right. It just would have been a new wrinkle. And then, okay, you go right back to somebody going after the big title next year, whatever. But you can't, you just, you can't have somebody win that ladder match and then take the briefcase away from them. Agreed. Agreed. Two other announcements, Crown Jewel for October, which we've talked about twice. And then the arch release for WWE 2K22, the video game. People have been waiting on that for a long time. Andre Thomas chiming in, who would be your top prospect for money in the bank? So we're looking at July of next year. Who would be the top prospect to win the briefcase a year from now? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> Austin Theory, is that what you said? 
Yeah, the the only man that fits all the checks all the boxes we've been hearing about in size, age, et cetera. Austin Theory all the way, and he headlines WrestleMania with it against uh, who, who was it that we came up with, uh, or Al came up with Ilya Dragon, Dragon, the person who checks all the boxes too. So yeah, there you go. Jeff Johnson say Damian Priest, and I'm with him. Damian Priest or Men at Riddle at the moment right now are the people I'd be thinking about who are not at the tippy top levels, but the money the bank is the the way to get them into a championship picture. I look at I look at Priest and I look at at Riddle as people that maybe are are in that position this time next year. Yeah, I thought uh, this might have been the year for Riddle already, but uh, obviously that did not come to pass. Nope, we got Big E, so we'll see where that leads us to. Okay, for Monday Night Raw tonight, we have Logan Paul on Moist TV, and that's it. <laughs> Whew, they are just lighting the world on fire, aren't they? We'll see. Too bad. Kevin Owens is not on that show to save us, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, Andre Thomas uh, says his sleeper would be Eli Drake, known to WWE people as L.A. Knight. Not bad. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I would not hate that at all. All right, John, anything that we missed? I know we went 15 minutes over today, but anything we missed? No, I think we covered. There was so much to cover, but I think we hit up uh, all the high spots. Yeah, we got the we got the high spots. Like I said, there's a bunch to talk about tomorrow, and if Raw's great tonight, then that'll be news too. So <laughs> we had the biggest story of the year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, then for John, I'm Ryan, and we will see you tomorrow.